1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Daciana from Baker Real Estate. Daciana, welcome back to On the Market. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Daciana, we're we're looking at pre-construction across the city, and as prices continue to climb, one of the best deals in York Region happens to be in pre-construction townhomes at the gates of Thornhill. Tell us a little bit more about this project. Yes, uh, we are a luxury master plan community by Marydell Homes, located just north of Center Street on the west side of Dufferin Street. Steps away from transit, access to highway, community centers, schools, and much, much more. Our community will consist of 68 urban townhomes and 530 condominium suites in three mid-rise buildings. And what can you tell us about this builder? Marydale Homes has received the Terion Warranty Corporation Award of Excellence on multiple occasions and established an inviolable record for quality and craftsmanship in new home construction. Sounds very fancy. And this great little enclave of townhomes and condos, there seems to be a huge demand for these townhomes. Tell us a little bit about price point and what is driving people to these townhomes. Our price point, uh, starting price point for the towns is from 839900 with sizes from 822 square feet to 1349 square feet with a price for square foot of approximately $793. Per square foot. And that's, that's pretty unheard of in, in terms of pricing because you're looking at some Toronto condos and, and even townhomes priced at about $2,000 per square foot for pre-construction. So that's pretty attractive that's right, right there. And Asif, you talk often on this show about encouraging our listeners get, to get into the market. Is this that opportunity, do you think? It really is. You know, when you're looking at just under $800 a square foot, and if you look around York Region and you're comparing prices, these are brand new condo townhomes in a master plan community for under $800 a square foot. It is a fabulous deal. And it's such a great location because you're just at, you know, you're pretty much at Dufferin and Steeles, just north of Steeles there. And you're, it's, it's easily accessible to transit. All the amenities are right around there, community centers, uh, access to the 407, quick access down if you want to get to the 401. It's just a great location for this little enclave of homes. Tatiana, we often talk on this show as well about parking and how expensive it can be when you're purchasing a condo, especially in downtown Toronto. What can you tell us about the parking situation in this development? We are including our parking spots, uh, which are valued at $50,000 for a limited time. And, and that's pretty unheard of, right? Because a lot of the developers are making their money off parking spots. Uh, you know, even in the region, we're seeing prices of about $70,000 per parking spot, uh, which is new. It used to be about 30000 35000 but now that you've, and you guys are throwing this in, a $50,000 value. Absolutely. 
for a limited time. And now, Dr. let's talk a little bit about maintenance fees because our listeners on the show are probably thinking, all right, but they're condo townhomes mm-hmm. and there's going to be a maintenance fee. Tell us about what the maintenance fees are estimated at and, and how far, uh, you know, will they, will they go up to for the larger units? Our maintenance fees start at approximately $257 per month with hydro, water, and gas metered separately and goes up to $299 for the larger units. Asif, what do you think about those fees? Uh, you know, for, for what we're seeing, maintenance fees in some of the older buildings or the older townhome areas, that's a really good value because it, it is paying for a lot of the maintenance. And I think what keeps the fees down is that your hydro and, and water are metered separately because that's where if someone in the complex is using a lot of hydro, a lot of water, the other uh, owners would end up paying to cover that amount. So I, I think what keeps it affordable is the fact that you can control how much hydro or water you use within your townhome. So again, great value. Also, if you use the term condo townhomes, uh, should there a distinction be made there? Are there separate condominiums and townhouses? Is that what's in this development? So the townhomes themselves are condominium units, they're not freehold units. So you don't own the land, you own the home. Uh-huh. And, and that's where the maintenance fees come in because they're going to take into account uh, maintenance of the entire property. So that's the main difference. If you had a freehold townhome, you'd probably be looking at uh, upwards of a million dollars for these townhomes or so. And uh, But you do own the land, but there's no maintenance fees. So there's a trade-off. This is the, the more affordable way. And you know, with the interest rates that the way they are right now, this is uh, an area where a lot of people are turning to for their initial purchases. Tatiana, when will these townhomes be completed? Our completion is scheduled, our tentative completion is scheduled for December of 2024. So that's pretty quick. I mean, if someone's buying it now, it's going to be ready within a year and a half or so. So even though construction hasn't started, I think people can rest assured that uh, it is around the corner. So if you don't have that down payment set right now, you can probably pay it over time. A lot of developers ask for 20% up front. What's the deposit structure here? We were talking offline. You said it was a very relaxed deposit structure. Absolutely. We have a beautiful deposit structure. It's an extended deposit structure, which is uh, 5% within 90 days, 5% within 180 days, with a 5% in 365 days, and last one is on occupancy. Yeah, so it's only 15% down, and then the rest you pay on occupancy. That's right. And affordability has a lot to do with development charges. Is the builder capping these charges for purchasers? And if so, what are they capped at? Yes, we are uh, offering caps, of course, and they're capped at $15,000 only. And that's pretty good because, I mean, we're seeing some condominium units, so suites, that are, you know, people are... Uh, we have these horror stories about them having to pay twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to uh, close on these units. So, at a fifteen thousand dollar cap, that's a really good value. Yes, it is. Dutch and if our listeners want more information or they want to come and check out the property, when can they do that? 
We are located at 7850 Dufferin Street, and our open house with Remax Prime Properties is on June the 3rd and 4th between the hours of 12 to 5. That's right. That's uh, with Remax Prime Properties. We'll we'll have some great agents there to to take people through the the process and also show them where their townhomes could be. We are very excited to host you. And Asif, you often talk about, you know, the fact that we want to find reliable developers and builders. And that's where Remax comes in as well, to help negotiate those areas for a purchaser who comes in who possibly hasn't done this type of thing before. That's true. And when we're working with companies like Baker Real Estate, they get a lot of great projects and they know that the builders are going to come through. They invest a lot of money into the marketing and the process in order to fulfill the builder's uh, you know, needs in, in terms of selling these townhomes or condos. And you know that's why at REMAX we work with the larger marketing companies like Baker Real Estate in, in order to make sure that our clients are protected. And there are going to be projects that once in a while don't come through, but we try to make sure we do our homework on projects. And, and Mary Dell, if you look into what they've done, They've, they've got some a really good track record and some really great properties that they've completed. So we're looking forward to seeing the uh, final outcome at the gates of Thornhill. Sounds like an exciting day. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, so you want to talk bidding wars, bully offers, multiple offers. What's going on out there? Well, they're back. <laughs> People were saying how it's going to be a while before we get back to the heated market like that, but with the inventory crunch that we're in, it's you're probably most likely you're going to be in a bidding war or multiple offer situation with any properties you're looking at right now. So that window that buyers had that they were trying to time the market, it's pretty much closed. If it's if it's not closed already, it's closing quick. So tell us some of these scenarios that you're seeing firsthand with your clients. We're starting to see, you know, more and more multiple offer situations. We're starting to see not the three or four offers coming in on homes. We're starting to see 10, 15, 20 offers coming in on homes. Uh, received notification on a property I was showing the other day that had 32 offers. So it's it's getting crazy out there. And right now, the market is flooded with pent-up demand. So all the people that waited for the market to bottom out are now back in the market. You've got the new buyers that are now looking to be first-time buyers and they're in the market. And then you've got the traditional buyers that come out every year. And so you've got a lot of demand out there, not enough supply. And that's what's driving the prices up again. And what's the bully offer scenario? So bully offers when there's an offer date and it might be five, six, seven days later after the listing goes up because Otherwise, the house would sell after the first showing. So in order to be fair to the sellers and make sure that they're getting enough attention to their listing, a lot of people will say, 
the seller will look at the offers on day six or day seven of the listing. So, you know, you're also seeing some people put 10 days now in, in order to get enough traffic through. And that's when they'll look at offers. A bully offer is when a buyer says, I don't want to wait the seven days. Hmm. I am going to give them a price and an offer that's going to blow their socks off. So hopefully they will take it now. And so that's a preemptive offer or a bully offer. Now, sellers could say, we do not want to see any preemptive offers. Everyone come on the offer date. But then some sellers might say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hold off. But if someone wants to really impress me with an offer that I may take or I can't refuse, then I'll look at it. So that's when they say, I'll take a preemptive offer. I'll look at preemptive offers. Someone comes in with a a really high price, maybe no conditions, a good deposit, and matches the closing date that the seller may want, and the seller will say, I'll take this today. This sounds like an overwhelming scenario for, you know, the buyers and sellers. How do you navigate all that? It's it's very stressful. And a lot of people will say, well, the listing agents, you know, they're just sitting pretty. It's a very stressful situation because what do you recommend to the seller? Would somebody beat that bully offer on offer night? Or is, you know, that going to be the highest and best and you're not going to get enough on offer night. So it's a, a very tricky situation. There's a lot of stress, uh, not only on the sellers, but the buyers and also the realtors. Because you don't want to overbid on a house and have the fear that it may not appraise. And usually in a bully offer, you're going to have to overpay in order for the seller to say, fine, I'm going to cancel my offer night. I'm going to take this offer. So there's you know, some realtors don't understand bully offers. They do not understand the preemptive offer process. And they'll come in $10,000 under asking on the first day and try to say, sell us this house. But it doesn't make any sense. The, if the seller is going to take less than asking or, uh, you know, way, way less than what they're anticipating, they're going to wait for that offer night and take their chances there. When you're seeing bidding wars and multiple offers, are they applying to single-family homes? Are they applying to condos? Where are you seeing these situations? Right now, with the inventory levels the way they are right now, we're seeing them everywhere. We're hmm. seeing them on condos. Where I had a condo listed the other day which had five preemptive offers, so five bully offers. And uh, you know, there was a potential to have eight bully offers, but uh, three of them weren't even at asking price. So... The, the people, when they call in and ask questions, they realize that they weren't even in the game, so they didn't submit an offer, which is great because those offers, even though they could be 10000 less or $50,000 less, what they're doing is they're driving up the price. You don't want that because you want this place to appraise. So as a, again, as a listing agent, you need to make sure that the offers that are coming in are going to appraise. It doesn't make sense to sell something at a ridiculously high amount and at closing, it falls apart because the bank didn't appraise it and didn't lend the money for it. Have you had those situations where the property doesn't appraise? In 2016, 2017, we had a lot of those situations. And that's why I think the savvy realtors are are more careful. They're not going to recommend a pie-in-the-sky price point to their sellers because they know there's going to be issues at closing. And usually when a seller is selling, they're also buying something. Hmm. So if their house doesn't close because of an appraisal issue, they're not going to be able to purchase the home that they purchased because they don't have the funding for it now. So you have to be really careful as a realtor. You have to make sure that you're doing your homework and you know what the values in the area are and what the houses are going to appraise for. 
You mentioned that you were selling a condo and you had bully offers, multiple offers. Does that mean in that situation, it definitely went way over asking? It did. It wasn't a crazy amount over asking. Uh, it was probably what market value would be now for that area because you have to also take into consideration it's not 22 anymore. Hmm. So in 2022, the values were uh, pretty deflated and there was a lot, not, not a lot of demand. Uh, places were sitting on the market for 10 days or two weeks. And, you know, we're spoiled here because when we tell people that places were sitting on the market for 10 days or two weeks and they're in the U.S. or they're somewhere else in, in Western Canada and they're, they're dealing with days on the market of 30 or 40 or 60, they don't understand that we are freaking out when a place sits on the market for 10 days or, or 14 days. The average days on the market right now is around the 21, 22 days mark. So even if you're on the market for 10 or 14 days, it's not a huge shock, but the good properties are selling within the first week. So you mentioned 2022, and I remember early on in 2022 when houses and condos were selling way over asking and people couldn't believe what they were getting for their homes. Is that what's happening now or do you anticipate that happening or is it completely different because of the cost of borrowing money? That was complete mayhem and now <laughs> we're in controlled mayhem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's a bit of a difference because again, People are savvy. They don't want to get into a situation where if the interest rates go up again, they're in a situation where they can't carry their homes. People are a lot smarter now. They're a lot more patient now. So you're not getting those four or $500,000 over asking that you know made the news a, a few years ago or, or even in the early part of 2022. Mm-hmm. But you are getting the 40000 50000 60000 over asking now. Because again, a, a lot of people are pricing for 2022 levels because that's the most recent comparables. But now we're more into like a 2019 price point market. So when you're going back and looking at price points, it doesn't really make sense just to look at 2022 because it may not be the right price point. You have to go back and look at uh, more of a normal market, which would have been about 2019. So if you are thinking about selling, you're likely going to get some over asking, maybe not a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand, but you're going to get between fifty and a hundred. It, it depends, uh, and I'm going to qualify that by saying you have to make sure that mm. you pick the right realtor and they're pricing it correctly. Just throwing a, a random price on it and and looking for over asking when you might be overpriced already on your list price, that's not going to happen. And then the other thing is, you get these realtors that are lazy and. You know, it'll be a, a $1.2 million house and they'll mm-hmm. price it for eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine because they don't want to do the work and they don't want to guess wrong. So they'll just throw a low price point out there and then brag that they got three or $400,000 over asking. That's not really $300,000 over asking. It's over the list price, but it's not 300000 over market value. It could be that it sold for 50000 over market value, but the realtor gets the bragging rights because they're lazy and they didn't price it right. So how do sellers know that they've got the correct real estate? How do they know they've got the correct market value? Uh, do your homework. It, you mm-hmm. have to ask the right questions. Ask them what they've sold recently and and what they went for. And also look at what places are going for in your area. Just pricing it low and, and waiting, it's not really going to do you a lot of good, especially if you don't get the number of offers that you're anticipating. If you price at 899 and your highest offer is 
but you wanted 1.2 because that's what all your neighbors were getting. Now you have to cancel your listing and relist. Now you've just wasted 10 days or two weeks and people are looking at your house saying, well, that was on for two weeks. Why didn't it sell? Maybe there's something wrong with the house. So you have to make sure that your realtor knows what they're doing. This isn't a market for just any realtor. It's a market for professionals and, and it has to be priced properly. It has to be presented properly and you have to know that the realtor is going to negotiate the right deal for you. Speaking of professionals, you have the Elevate Conference coming up in a few days. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's going to be a great day if you're a real estate professional, mortgage professional. Uh, we've got some lawyers registered as well now. It's a one-day conference which is going to take into consideration where the industry is going with uh, AI, with uh, you know different marketing techniques and tools. It's uh, We've got some great speakers. We've got Benjamin Tall, chief economist from CIBC. He's going to be there to talk a little bit about the economics of the industry. And it's hosted by 105.9 The Regions and Romer. So it's going to be a great day, 8.30 to 5. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite or just give me a call at 416-985-5426 and I'll make sure that uh, you, we have a seat reserved for you. All right, so that's uh, May 30th and go to? You can go to, uh, just give me a call or email me at A-S-I-F, Asif, at thehomeshop.ca, and just put in the Reline Elevate Conference. After the break, we visit the Gates of Thornhill. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next, and we begin with Walter in Thornhill. He's planning to downsize, but has no idea where to begin the search. What's your advice, Asif? My best advice for that, Walter, would be you need to sit down with the realtor. And you know, when we're sitting down with our clients, we're usually asking them what they're looking for and what they envision their the next five or ten years of their life to be like, because your move has to match your lifestyle. So once we know what the answers are and where you want to go, we can kind of narrow it down to maybe two or three different areas. And once you get out and see those two or three areas, you'll be able to narrow down the area that you want to be in. So that's the first step is just sitting down, having a consult and making sure that uh, all of your needs are being met in the search and, and also in the next place that you're going to be calling home. So it's not just about location. You said lifestyle. What does that mean? I mean, some people would want to be closer to, say, transit, or they want to be closer to uh, different services or amenities, whereas other people may want to be in seclusion. They don't Mm -hmm. want to be near the hustle and bustle. They want to be in a quieter spot. So it just depends on where you want to go and what you enjoy. Uh, You know, do you you want trails? Do you want parks? Do you want... uh, Uh, maybe the city scene. It just depends on where you want to go, and that way we can point you in the right direction. Now, Walter used the term downsize. Do you like that term, or do you want smart size? You know, we use smart size because a lot of people, it depends on what they're looking for. Again, like you may have a 2,000-square-foot townhome, but you want to move to maybe a 1,400-square-foot condo. So it's not really downsizing uh you know it's more of a lateral move because you know size wise you're you're typically in the same range 
but it's it's where you want to be at that point in your life. Taking your example of a 2,000 square foot townhouse or home and moving to a condo, is that an easy adjustment? It, it depends on the condos. A lot of mm-hmm. the newer condos are 500, 600. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing some developers put out 390 square foot condos now. So if you're coming even from a 15 or 1600 square foot home, a bungalow or a townhome, and you're trying to fit into a 400 square foot condo, that's going to be a huge adjustment. And that's why a lot of the older condos, which are larger in size, are very popular right now. I I just sold one that was about 1250 square feet in Richmond Hill. It's a large condo. So someone making that move from a 15 or 1600 townhome and, and moving to that size condo, it's less of an adjustment. Okay, wait a second here. You mentioned a 400-square-foot condo. Is that just basically one room, what used to be called a a studio apartment or a bachelor, perhaps? You know, I think uh, the people that design cruise ships are now designing (laughs) condos because it has everything. It has a laundry, it has a kitchen, it has a bedroom. It's got a small little den area. And and they're building all of this in four or 500 square feet now. So it's very compact. And now, you know, some furniture places also have condo-sized furniture. Uh, I think they call it the urban living area of their furniture store. But uh, they're making smaller furniture to fit all of these areas. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Rhonda from Richmond Hill writes, I'm on the market to buy a house and actually found one of interest, but it has a tenant in the basement. If I proceed with making an offer, I do not want to rent any parts of my home. What do I do? That's a really tricky question Mm. and one that we're having a lot of issues with because there's nowhere for these tenants to go. So you have to make sure that there's a clause in your purchase and sale agreement that the tenant has to vacate because you're using the entire property for yourself. And if it's an owner-occupied move, then the tenant has to vacate. There's a a form called the N12 that has to be served to the tenant. So you may want your realtor to put into your agreement of purchase sale that the seller will be serving the appropriate government forms to the tenant to have vacant possession on closing. Have there been situations where the tenant doesn't vacate? Yeah, there has been, unfortunately, for the buyers. But, uh, you know, with the tenants, uh, it's it's usually cash for keys now. So you have to give them one month's rent uh, along with your N11 form or N12 form and be able to give them that money to move out almost. So it's like cash for keys. And there's still some times where tenants just cannot find uh, affordable housing or, or, you know, at a similar rent that they're paying or similar size that they're getting. The rental market right now, there's a huge shortage. It's, it's a critical level for inventory and rentals, as well as for buyers as well and sellers in, in terms of sales. But until we get more inventory, until we get more purposeful, uh, purpose-built rentals, we're going to see this over and over again. But as long as the uh, as you're providing them 60 days after the agreement of purchase has been signed, as long as you're providing them with uh, a one month's rent or sometimes two months rent to, uh, cash for keys, then the tenants usually will cooperate. They don't really have a choice. And cash for keys, just to be clear, is that the responsibility of the buyer or the seller or is that something that's negotiated? It's the responsibility of the seller because the seller has to provide vacant possession mm. 
to the buyer because the buyer is declaring that they're going to be using the space for themselves. And for the buyers that think, well, I'm just going to sign this form to say I'm using this space, but I'm going to rent it out at a higher rent later on, there's huge implications in terms of fines and and discipline that could be taken for buyers that do do that. So they're getting rid of a tenant to try and rent it out for more. I think the fines are upwards of $50,000 right now. It doesn't sound like an easy process. It sounds very complicated. So I wonder if Rhonda would hesitate about making this move. We didn't really have buyers hesitate at these moves before. Okay. But just recently in the last four or five months, we've seen more and more buyers say, well, I'm not going to offer on that property unless I know the tenant is gone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that we're seeing more and more often. Well, especially as you indicated, the tenants are having a hard time finding alternative housing. So you can understand the predicament that they're in as well. And and also the rents have gone up so much just over the last little while. Like if you were paying $2,500 last year and all of a sudden the places on the street are renting for $3,200, your landlord's going to want $3,200 if they are leasing it out. So that's where you get the landlords uh, sometimes being tricky and saying, hey, I'm going to move in. Oh, no, you know what? I couldn't move in, so I leased it out. And, and that's where these fines are coming from because, you know, it's uh, if one person does it, then it's a one-off. But when you have three, four, five, six people doing it, now it's become a trend. As a reminder, if you have questions for On The Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can reach me at 416-985-5426. con If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.